Welcome to the Rising Tide Podcast with D. Klein and Eric P. Rhodes. Each week, the Rising Tide Podcast brings you the latest stories from a world where art, technology, and culture converge. Ride the wave of the future with us. The tide is rising, and the possibilities are endless. Eric, how's it going? It's going good. Couple of confessions. First of all, I want to publicly apologize to DK for showing up massively late to our recording by like two hours. And then unfortunately, everybody's going to have to hear uh, a off the cuff. <laughs> You've been blocked because I did not clip the recording. So here we go. Well, again, I actually prefer your your version of it anyway. <laughs> so My half Woody Woodpecker. <laughs> yeah i don't know what it is but it's, that's what it turned out to be <laughs> so uh what you got on the uh menu today for rising Tide? oh yeah so um i think we need to talk about apple vision pro real quick mm. um 3500 bucks yeah I, I just want to speculate on on it and talk shit about it a little okay. bit okay um and maybe not really talk shit about it but like discuss the future ai possibility ar mm. possibilities mm-hmm, mm-hmm. within the context of apple vision pro and then um and then two more things and then you know but what's an, what's one you want to talk about uh what i want to talk about is a couple of galleries that just caught my attention in yeah. the twitter feeds i was looking at super chief gallery nft and uh what they're doing and I was just impressed with it. And I'm kind of jealous because they are in New York where you can just pop by and see it. And I'm unable to do the same. I know, but I'm such an introvert that I find it difficult to get over there, even <laughs> though I'm literally five miles away. I'm assuming you've been there, though. I have not. Really? Okay. Yeah. I've been at the one in LA, but. Yeah. I feel like, um, yeah, it's been difficult, but we could, we can get into that. Okay. Okay. And then. Uh, I want to talk about briefly voxels is going to allow uh, people to mint parcels. Mm. And I so they're expanding, out, they're doing a new parcel mint. I, so he's the, I forget the dude's name, um, but uh, the creator is going to do an AMA to give more details. He hasn't done that yet, but I asked him and on Twitter, you know, is this going to allow me to mint a parcel and then sell, sell digital land? And his response was, um, I'll let more, let more people know in the AMA about what we're planning, which mm. to me it wasn't a no. Right. Um, it wasn't a yes either. So we could talk about the possibilities there. All right. I mean, surely, okay, I don't want to get into the details right now, but surely the price on those pieces of land that must be pretty affordable now, though. Like, why bother with new parcels? Yeah, that's what I want to talk about. It's like, I already purchased land in Voxel. Yeah. Why do I want to mint my own parcel and then sublet if that's what they're thinking? Okay. The other one I wanted to ask you about is uh, AI art. There's been some really successful AI art collections recently. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Claire Silver in particular with her. Yep corporeal or corporeal depending on how you want to pronounce it 
Um, and I along, just, along I, with Justin Trimble's uh, brain brain drops. Mm -hmm, uh, right. And I, I'd love your insight on that because I yeah. kind of admit I don't really get AI art. I just I don't get it. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that because I'm feeling like, again, like a boomer. When I look at AI art, I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't want to poo-poo on it because I want to understand it. Yeah. But I struggle with that. I, I have, I have, we can, and we can talk about this mm -hmm. when we get into it, but I recently uh, coined the term zombie futurism. Mm. And the concept is like using technology for the sake of using technology, but not putting any real, like there's no, there's no emotion behind it. There's no connection. There's no future advancement. There's no, um there's no taking it to the next level there's right? some there's some kind of soulless emptiness to it that i just i can't get i'm so glad you can't you, get over i'm so glad you said it like that because the article that i wrote about this has the art of tomorrow lost its soul <laughs> okay yeah and then um we, i want to talk real quick about some drama that's going on in dog with hat Okay. Well, we got a lot to go through here, dude. This is going to be like a two-hour show. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, look, listen, if we don't get Dog With Hat can be both a... Oh, that's going to be my my block. So. Oh, don't give it away. I know. I fucked up. But what are you going to do? <laughs> All right. Well, my block will stay secret. All right. Yeah. yeah. I like it when your block is secret because it makes me laugh. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. All right. Well, let's start with your first uh, topic there then, uh, Eric. What was the first one you wanted to mention? I've already forgotten. Yeah, me, me too. I think I, I think Apple Vision Pro. Ah, yes. Okay. Now, are those out on the market now? They are. Yeah. Okay. And, I'm not really um, interested, so I didn't even know. I Me either, because I feel like I'm not going to be interested in an AR VR unit until it really looks something like this. Well, that's the thing. And that was what I was envisioning it was going to be. And I remember yeah. saying like, oh, when Apple does AR, they're going to do it right. Like it's going to be elegant. It's going to be very, uh, you know, user friendly and ergonomic. That's mm -hmm. not my impression of the Vision Pro. It looks like no, it's a it... shot put on top of your head. Yeah, you're wearing ski goggles. But I hear it weighs a lot too. Like it's like... Yeah, not I, I don't know. Long -term. That back piece, uh -huh. like the for those that don't know um, what it looks like imagine imagine you wearing ski goggles and you have a weighted object on the back of your head holding holding your yeah yeah it's just ergonomically i feel like there's going to be a lot of a lot of neck injuries cumbersome um, is the word that comes to mind yeah yeah i i they had to get in the market had yes. to mm -hmm. so they you know any if they waited any longer they would lose market share in my opinion mm. um because it would it would leave room for somebody else to come in so it might like the way i look at their drop this was their drop this product it was it's uh it's a it's a it's a dev kit that they've just made available to the general public that's how i view it Hmm. And they're making people pay $3,500. So it's like a prototype. Yeah. Beyond prototype, it's like an opportunity for people to play with it. Okay. So like a dev kit is, is like, 
it's not production ready right it's typically for software or, or and hardware but it's not production ready but you're ready to send it out to potential partners to explore how to advance mm-hmm. and like use their like take it outside of your world and let other people play with it and i think mm-hmm. that's what's happening here but like let's talk about the the physical design for me like i don't know how we went from ar that looked like google glasses all the way to ski goggles like to me that there's got to be some like pit viper version you know the pit vipers have the big shield you know yeah like how is there not a pit viper version of google goggles google glasses i guess they they just couldn't fit all of the hardware they need to fit into something that looks nice i know i know that's i know that's the reality (laughs) you You basically have a computer sitting on top of your head yeah yeah it just you just look alien could you imagine could you okay let's let's bring this into the science fiction realm real quick could you imagine somebody from the 1950s drops into the 2020s right 2024 today and there's four or five people walking around with these um ar vr i keep calling them google apple vision goggles they're gonna think they're aliens like bio with the with the wire coming out of the back and attached to this one it would be it's right out of science fiction as far as i'm concerned design wise yeah i don't know i mean i do like the ar over the vr in that you're not completely detached from your world and that's what i thought where that's where i thought apple would nail it yeah yeah and ar would like completely eliminate the appeal for just pure vr because problem in vr is you can't see around yourself and you're like smashing your tv punching your friend you're not noticing it so as you swing your arm around in the game or whatever right so that to me is a plus but yeah i mean it's 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 a work in progress totally and i'm I'm glad it's out there which Mm -hmm. means that other people they're gonna push other people to do something um that looks more like the glasses we wear I yep. think we're we're heading in that direction, and when it gets to that point, um, I will be a a super. I love AR and the potential future mm-hmm. aspects. AR is cool. I, I find it more that, interesting than VR, honestly. I actually I agree, and I've thought for a long time that AR will be like every for twenty years. People are talking about how VR is the future. AR. I've always thought the last five years, AR was going to be the future of how we use like yeah. VR and AR together. I agree. You know? Yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's just not there yet, but I, I just feel like they're going to have very limited uh, amount of consumers with that price tag on there. But I think that was their intention. I don't think they want the general, right. Yeah. General, that could be. Yeah. General. I've like, seen I think the... they want super users who are going to be fanboys. I've seen reviews of like the FaceTime with the floating head. That's kind of just looks like something out of CGI from about 10 years ago. You know, I haven't, I haven't looked yet because I just, yeah. I mean, like if I'm, if I'm being, if I had 3,500 sitting around and didn't need it right now, I would totally buy one. It'd be fun to play around with. Yeah. To play around with it. There are artists that have done some pretty wild, cool stuff with VR art or whatever. I can't justify, I can't justify right now spending Mm -hmm. it 
just to check it out like that mm-hmm. you know i would do i've done that before with with other with other tech but i can't do it with this i just okay. can't hmm. so that's where i'm at jury's out i guess yeah i think people yeah whatever if it was like a thousand bucks you know yeah yeah that was why i went and bought um uh the oculus Mm. b2 because it was consumer price friendly do you ever use it though no did we talk about this have we talked about this i don't know within like 30 days i gave it to my nephew oh wow because i was like i don't what's the purpose for me i could like i'm not a gamer so Uh immediately that was done right right um i think the the new version of the oculus is pretty interesting Mm -hmm. where you could teach yourself to like play an instrument Mm -hmm. okay that's cool Mm -hmm. i have a guitar Mm-hmm. right maybe i could have used that version but I, my old version doesn't doesn't have the cameras on front so i can't do it right i'm not spending another uh, another whatever for yep. an object so maybe i'm maybe maybe facebook ruined my perspective on goggles on the head yeah well and the interesting thing i've heard with oculus is their newest one actually weighs about the same as the vision pro maybe even more more but it's better balanced on your head, so it doesn't feel as heavy. Yeah, so you don't feel like your neck is being thrust back yeah. or something. Yeah, they were showing clips of people working out their necks just to get ready to use the Apple Vision Pro. And saw people, are they doing the Mike Tyson exercise where they're yeah. doing the neck rolls on the? <laughs> Getting ready for the Vision Pro, and it's you know. <laughs> <they're> like, <laughs> Have you ever seen Tyson do his freaking neck rolls? I, I know what you're referring to, but I'm not sure. It's basically like he does, he, he lays on his back and he arches his back uh, yeah, and he's yeah. putting all of his weight on his head uh-huh. and he's just rolling his neck. And it's like, God damn, dude. No wonder why your head looks so thick. <laughs> I mean, I got, I look thick because of fat. He's thick because of muscle. <laughs> yeah. He's still a monster. Yeah. He's, uh, I would not want to get anywhere near him. Um, like to real quick, we're deviated, but do you see the dude that challenged him on the on the on the plane? He just punched him. No, there was this like he was taunting or trying to get Tyson to do something, or hmm. I forget exactly what the spe- Tyson had enough, and Tyson just went boom, guys out. Yeah, yeah. you don't. I mean, like, okay, you got punched by Tyson. That's pretty cool. I'm sure he has but, guys all the time that are just you know trying to prove something. I mean, I wouldn't want to. I don't care. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah. Uh, next topic. I uh, I was impressed with uh, Super Chief Gallery. Now I do have a vague memory uh, NFTLA being in their mm-hmm. gallery there. I don't know if you've ever been there. Um, I have not. I was I've shaking never... my head no, but then I realized people are going to be listening. <laughs> and I've never pers- been in person in the New York Super Chief NFT Gallery, but I was looking at. Uh, some of the recent stuff there, they have uh, junk drawer is on display there right now. And one of the artists on display there is Edgar Fabian Frias. I'm not sure if I'm saying that name correctly or not. Uh, and I just, what impressed me though, was how beautifully arranged the artworks are, the screens are arranged. You know, I'm reminded of that. Do you remember the Tezos tower where it was just oh, a pillar? Pole. 
Tez Pole. Yeah. And it's just like, who did this, right? And, you know. I don't know. I thought that was, like, perfect for trash art. <laughs> no, it was perfect for trash art, but it wasn't intended for trash art. Right. Right. Uh, whereas if you look at Super Chief Gallery, you can see they've put a ton of effort into making these screens and all these different arrangements just look beautiful. And yeah. I was, I'm a little jealous of you because you can just walk down the street to this place. And, and yet I don't. Here I am, you know, in this little town up in the Arctic and we don't have any fancy galleries. Like, well, we have some galleries, but they're not on that scale. Yeah. The space I'm looking at the space you're talking about mm -hmm. for those that want to go, it's 185 Greenwich street on the ground floor of the South concourse end of the hall. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're open from 12 to 6 PM. Um, junk drawer. Yeah. So the space itself is so elegant. Mm -hmm. It's like soft lighting, um, which I think, so the classic aesthetic for a gallery is bright white walls. Stark. Yeah. But because you're talking about, and I think this is the challenge that Super Chief is sort of like really doing well that other, other galleries have to deal with is you're you're working with screens that are emitting light, which is right, different right. than than an object that's on a wall that you're shining a light on, right? Right. So you have to consider the overall space differently, and I think they're doing that really well. Like, I there's a shot here of this back wall where they've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven screens. Yeah. Four horizontal, and four landscape, and one square, and it's just. You can tell that they've thought a lot about how, like, the wire, like, the wall's got slots in it because that's where the wire's high. So, yeah, that was going to ask you. I thought maybe you would know. Like, this must yeah. have been built with screens in mind, like, to have the walls built like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because it's beautiful. There, There's no cables. It's just the screens themselves. So the art is on display as it should be, mm -hmm. you know, and... I just, I'd love to be able to see it in person. It just looks wonderful. And then they were, they were also mentioning that they've recently been prepping for NFT Paris, which is happening at the end of the month. Yeah, are, you, are you going to Paris? I wish. I uh, no. Uh, end of February, 23rd, 24th. Um, and uh, it says here they hired an architect to help with their dream of a no walls booth. And they say it was worth every single penny. I'd what love to mean? see that. I don't know how that works. Maybe it's all glass. Is that what they mean? Well, I we have seen uh I have seen like so if they're using an architect, that mean so where here's where my brain went with this when you said no walls. There there is there is uh glass, right? That is see-through that's like a tv that you could put mm -hmm. displays on but if they're using an architect they wouldn't they wouldn't maybe i don't know yeah i don't know i'm a little puzzled by it too and i haven't seen any images of it i think this is kind of like a tease for it no here walls. um what if it's all just screens that would be pretty freaking wild but what i love about super chief with these nft galleries is that they're treating it differently than a traditional gallery, right? They're they're going fully into it. Instead of just kind of yeah. retrofitting this stuff to a gallery, they're like embracing it. And for that reason, I just 
I wanted to shout out that gallery in particular. Yeah, I'm looking at a wide, like a like a deep angle of of Super Chief, and it you know they've got walls, and then there's backlit walls, and then there's slots mm -hmm. in these walls, which is clearly where they hide. The walls look almost like they're they're a little bit movable, like they can get behind. Right, them. I think they must be. Yeah, yeah. Which look, and this is this is what I think you're getting at is they're taking the medium of the screen and they're saying how do we treat screen art the way it's supposed to be treated not how, and as you said not how you how do you retrofit a screen onto a white wall and just display it like okay i think that worked in the beginning yeah but now there are people like clearly super chief who are who are thinking about the experience of visiting digital art in the physical realm yes and not just an afterthought Right. It's not like, hey, come to see art and it's NFTs and blah, blah, blah. This is like, come to see art. Yeah. And, and enjoy the experience as you would any other gallery. Except, And we've taken away all the forethought that you have to think when you come into the space. How are the, What do the screens look like? Is it going to display? We've, we've done that for you. Just mm -hmm. come in and enjoy it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a very hospitality kind of, take. Another kind of smaller scale one was... Uh... What's it called? Midtown. It's in uh, shoot. No, I, I can't remember, but yeah, I was impressed with it. It was in a hotel, the dream hotel. I think it is in LA. Have you ever been there? Dream King of Midtown, King of Midtown. And so he's a, a uh, yeah, but there was also a lot of attention paid to the way the screens would display the art. Yes. He, he did that in the dream hotel, King of Midtown. I, I I think he's an artist, but also he's a uh, a gallerist, I would think. But that would um, make a lot of sense. Yeah, and for NFT NYC last year, I went to the Dream Hotel just to catch up with a couple of artists, and uh, I caught up with Brian Brinkman, and I caught up with uh, Crypto. Finally, uh, went and grabbed grabbed a quick lunch and just chatted up a little bit. But he was setting, uh, and he was just about King of Midtown was setting up the space. Okay, he's another person who, um, I think, considers what digital screens look like in the physical world. Exactly, and now I that's think like that's a permanent missing. display, as far as I know. That's a permanent, yeah, yeah, display yeah. in the dream. Yeah, it's it's really well done. It is very well yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. But I just thought this when I saw this with. Uh, Super Chief, I thought it was worth a shout out. You know, on a sadder note, I don't know if you heard about this Oshi Gallery in Melbourne, Australia. Yeah, from GT. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they had uh, a break-in in this Collingwood Gallery and had about yeah. $25,000 worth of art and tools and merchandise, mm -hmm. like clothing and stuff that was stolen. Yeah, and, and right before Christmas, right before the end of the new year. Oh, is that when it was? Yep. And so what you're seeing was they were they were on local news uh, yes. in in Melbourne, I think, uh, yep. or wherever they're at, and um, in Australia. Yeah, so GT's been, he's another one who, uh, he shifted from a full-on printing business. That's what he had. He had a space where he was doing printing, like he mm -hmm. had printers. And I think he turned, you know, closed that business down and then opened up this Oshi Gallery. Um, I don't know if it was in the same space or if he moved it. I remember the details. 
but uh, he's another person who thinks about the display of digital art uh -huh. in a physical space. He has this really cool. So this is why I love the collaboration of of the Web three space. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna like tip my cap because I was part of this little element. There was um, he was calling his bathroom. I forget the exact name. But I had made the offhanded joke. I said, "Oh, it's like art in the loo." Okay, right instead of the Louvre. Mm -hmm. And now he's gone full after after like other people jumped in and, and like were like ruminating on the idea. It's now it's now the Louvre, L O O V R E. Right. And uh, there's there's digital screens in the bathroom, and there's four bathrooms, Bitcoin avalanche, you know. He's like he just really went all in on it, and I loved like the that he's Illuminati spelled yeah, L the Illumin yeah. the Illuminati. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that he's just playing with like the memetics, playing with people in the space, and like it's this collaborative element. Um, out of all the galleries, like you know, that would be the one I'd want to. I've gotten to know GT over the over the years in the space a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, I don't know the people who run Super Chief. And I've met King of Midtown a couple times in passing. We're not like friends, but I would consider GT a friend. And mm -hmm. like, that's one in my mind where I, uh, not that I wouldn't want King of Midtown to be my friend. We're just, we're not, we don't operate in the same circles, you know? Sure. Um, but like, when I think about what gallery I want to go to, that's, that's one that I want to go to. Now, I have a lot of respect for these galleries because I know that the market's been all over the place and for them to still be working through this is it's impressive. Yeah. He's super passionate GT um, yeah. about, about this space. Yeah. And I love that he's doing it in, I think this is the thing some of us miss, even myself, he's taking a global phenomenon for us. It's global. Cause it's, there are people from all over the world, like in this in this tiny space that we we play in and then he's expanding it locally in his in his place right in his world right uh i think that's the thing people miss sometimes you know uh other than like new york paris la right you don't really think of melbourne as like or australia as, a, as an art hotspot right he's turning it into a little one for mm -hmm. our little world yeah. And then it can grow from there, you know? And I think yep. more of us need to think like that. I was thinking about, sorry, I'm like jumping around a little bit, but before before 2022, when I had a little bit more um, liquid cash laying around, mm -hmm. like liquid assets, let's say, um, I was like, oh, I would love to open a gallery in my hometown. Hmm. Like people are like, Seacockers, New Jersey, why would you do that? Well, I'll tell you why. First of all, we're five minutes, literally five miles outside of Manhattan. Every, a lot of people who go to Manhattan stay in hotels in Seacockers. Yeah. Because of how close it is. It's got it's a major transportation hub on the East Coast because all trains come through Seacockers, stop at the junction station. So it's like, there's an opportunity here. But I just wasn't able to make it happen. But in my mm -hmm. mind, I still imagine like Second Realm Gallery. And yeah, it's no, like, absolutely. You know, it's a pretty daunting task, though. I think like that's that's the thing when I look at these galleries. That's so impressive about them. Yeah, for me, it would need to be like a 
like a gallery workspace and and like social aspect where I would have like afternoon and evening classes for kids. And that's what happens in the front room is like all of this activity where right. people are like creating art and like mm -hmm. I would I imagine uh, years ago I called it the little da Vinci program I have these all these things in my mind but I imagine like this interdisciplinary stamp not even stem it's more like it's not even steam it's like art that then considers all the other subjects in through this realm of interdisciplinary thinking like da Vinci maybe would have right mm -hmm. and it, but it was a program for for kids right like I yes. imagined that and I could see that being a part of this second realm gallery. Anyway, this is fantasy land. If somebody's out there and wants to steal this, please do. I would love to see this come to fruition. Uh, and as an artist, like the idea of having your work actually on display in a physical setting where people are walking by it and mm. looking at it and talking about it is an awesome thing, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you see this right here. Mm -hmm. Right. This little. That was my first attempt at trying to turn uh, our digital world into a physical display, like take it out from the, that's the trash and tosh 3.0. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, when, when turned on, it displays trash art on cycle. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like I, I, I've been thinking about that personally and I'm glad to see that smarter and better people who are, who are more equipped at, running these businesses doing that like super chief and yep. oshi right and king of midtown who's like phenomenal in his curation yeah um i love it I it's love just it. nice to see people doing it right yeah because you can't rely on sotheby's to put a have you seen some of these displays they had like a a crypto punk and i'm not saying it needs to be could be anything but i think the display was like a one by one square you know, right. one foot by one foot. Like, come on, come on. <laughs> you're, you're, you're hundreds year old, you know. Well, maybe that was intentional. You know, if you go ever see like the Mona Lisa in person, you're like, oh, it's actually really small. Yeah. Good transition. Speaking of the Mona Lisa, unintended uh -huh. discussion here. Because okay. we didn't talk about this. People throwing soup at the Mona Lisa. Oh, shielded by glass and sealed. I mean, like, come on. It doesn't even work. <laughs> I How about I give no you some Windex and whatsoever. some paper towels to clean it up? It's like, ooh, eerily. And it's like, they clearly just stood there and let them do that. Like, yeah. So stupid. Yeah, until like they came up with these black screens. Like, what's that going to do? Well, I, I don't even know what they were protesting, to be honest uh i don't know i assume it's the oil people but then i read somewhere that these weren't the oil people they were somebody else okay but yeah you know protesting oil while you use your smartphone and, and which clothes. is made from petroleum byproducts by right. the way and clothes that are minted in fact minted <laughs> that are minted in factories okay that are tokenized in factories you know yeah yeah i get it that heats you know. your home and that yeah enabled the, you to get there to that gallery in the first place by via transportation of some sort you know everybody's got to find something that yeah. they believe in ridiculous um yeah challenges can you tell why i'm an albertan <laughs> we're all oil and gas up here yeah i use oil and gas every day i'm pro oil and gas yep I, you know until we until you tell until you can prove 
that there is an energy source that does what oil and gas does <laughs> uh, at the scale it does there's nothing else that does it more efficient really efficiently right now anyway yeah i know and uh, you know people talk oh wind energy and like solar energy and like do you know how expensive it is to install these fucking things do you know how much oil and gas is used to make the components for a wind yes. turbine yeah of course yeah, anyway, <laughs> and it I lasts make what this... seven or eight years or something like that. I don't want to make this. We 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 tend... If people knew what we talked about before we got on air, we could probably turn this into a political podcast. Well, let's not do yeah. that. All right. Well, we probably got some people angry there. Uh, whatever. People will say, "Oh, but it's getting better over time." It's like, yeah. So are oil and gas. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look. Right? Look at how incredibly efficient. Uh, you know. Internal combustion engines are now compared to 20 years ago. Yeah, or even 50 years ago. Yeah, right. They're still improving too. All right, but uh, yeah, that's enough of my political rant there. Yeah, I don't really. I just think. Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> you had another topic though. I did. Um, what's we were going to talk about voxels real quick, but I think that um, I don't think there's much to add there. Okay. Well, I was going to say, like, Voxels is going... I wrote this down in my notes. Voxels is going to allow you to mint parcels, question mark, speculate. Mm -hmm. And what I wanted to do was to sit here and talk with you about that possibility. I've mm -hmm. already bought... A part, I've already bought land, digital land, in Voxels. So what? Mm -hmm. Now somebody can... Like, this was my thinking. Isn't now this going to devalue can, the land you own, though, in a sense? I, th I think it would, right? Because if if... I don't know that this is true, but it, it, it I wasn't a given a no when I asked the founder of Voxels if this was going to be allowed or this was the intention. Like, imagine I can mint my own island. Right? And but I'm now I'm now Cosmo Medici. Whose land is more valuable? Where are people going to want to mint property? On the OG voxels or Cosmos Island, Cosmos Island, mm. you know, therefore devaluing my land. Not that I, I didn't buy it because I thought it was going to go up in value. Like I bought it because I wanted a place to display digital stuff. If right. I ever did that, um, see, my concern would still. be you're just increasing supply when demand can't be very high as of now. Well, that was the risk of of the infinite digital landscape isn't it like you could sure there's no there's no there's no supply limit to digital land no theoretically well i guess you could code it so there was a fixed supply but in that case there isn't right yeah i don't know i don't know what the answer i just wanted to like put that out there maybe some yeah. other people who are we're sounding really me. negative today you know what? Well, no, I was very pro. I was very celebrating the galleries, but yeah, yeah I think it was, uh, yeah, it's okay. We're allowed to be negative. <laughs> you know, we can't be all fucking uh, <laughs> uh, lollipops and sunshines, okay? <laughs> Speaking of being negative, didn't we have something to talk about AI art? Yeah, you know, I saw this uh, extremely successful. Uh, what is it? The brain drops. Um, platform dropped uh, claire silver's corporeal or corpo real yeah. collection uh raising 500 eth sold out 1.17 million dollars worth for her. i mean amazing right great for claire yeah. silver yeah 
Brain looking, drops too. I'm a big fan of Justin Trimble. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, th- there's no doubt they're beautiful works, mm-hmm. and there's a style that's consistent to them, which I admire that. And they're carefully crafted. You can tell there's been a lot of work into finding prompts that are effectively descriptive, and that um, there, I'm sure there's a lot of process here going into training the AI with these styles and training the AI AI with the appearances of the individuals and so forth. Yeah. But there's something about AI art that just is soulless. Exactly. I just, I can't, I've played with it myself and it's like yeah, kind of fun, you know, yeah. and um, I don't know. I just feel like there's something about it that doesn't do it for me. I think what Claire has done really well Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about Claire Silver here. Yeah, I think what Claire has done really well is she's able to create a narrative um, that can be built around the the AI artwork itself that creates the story, right? And people are buying both the story; they're buying her as an artist. Um, so, I think she's done really well in that aspect. Uh, but I hear what you're saying. And I hear what you're saying because I feel it. When I look at the art itself, I want to be careful because I don't want to criticize the artist. Right. Um, totally. There's a lot of thought that goes into this. There's a lot of, yeah. I understand that totally. Yeah. You know, uh, and a lot yeah. of effort that goes into honing it and getting the results you're kind of striving for. Yeah. So I think what we're doing though is let's we're using Claire as the um what's that? <laughs> I have no idea. Eric just had fireworks going off in the background the for some fuck random was that? reason. <laughs> You'll have to watch it on YouTube to see. <laughs> Go on. Did was did I do something with my hands? I don't know. That was, that was so great. weird. <laughs> uh, Holy shit. So you were saying Clara Silver. Yeah. So like <laughs> we're going to talk about this in the context and, and because I think she is the most popular, well-known prompt engineer. Right. In our space. And I don't say that disparaging. No, I just say that as, as a, as, I'm that, happy for her success. It's t- totally, totally, yeah. yeah. I because uh, what I don't want people to do is be like, "You're bullying a female artist." Like, I first you. of all, yeah. go fuck yourself if that's what your take is here, because we're not doing any of that. Um. So anyway, we're bullying all AI artists, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and indiscriminately, indiscriminately, and I don't mean we're because I don't actually want to <laughs> put words in in DK's mouth. But, um, and, and I, and I bully AI artists being an AI artist. Okay. So I've made just, AI art too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I totally have. And I've used all different elements of it. I mean, okay. I typed in some words and it resulted in some AI art. Yeah. I've done that. I've also manipulated AI images and added yep. them and done additional I've things, trained right? it on my face and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of fun things you can do. There is. With well, AI. And there's obviously, when you look at Claire Silver's work, 
there's a great deal of of research there's a great deal of practice a great deal of training a great deal of curation curation is yeah. a big part of it right like filtering yeah. out the results and you could you know say make that comparable to say some glitch art where if you think of uh somebody like oh man his name is escaping me right now but he's a very successful trash glitch artist and it really bothers me that i can't remember max his name. capacity yes max capacity and 99% of his work, and he'll say it himself, is curation. It's this yeah, stuff yeah. is happening, right? And yeah. he's just stopping at a spot or picking out a spot and going, ooh, I like this, right? Yes. And Claire yeah. Silver herself has said it's about taste. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a matter of her taste resulting in beautiful art. And I'll give that to her 100%. She has phenomenal taste. Yeah, yeah. And, and she's, she herself has shared parts of her process where like you look at the outputs and it's clear it's from like mid journey or dolly or something mm-hmm. right but there are thousands and then she is curating yeah the right ones for exactly. for for her story that she's telling yes um i think i think i don't look at claire and say it's totally soulless no right but there I is feel like the medium I'm not talking about her art. I'm talking yeah. about the medium feels like there's something lacking. Yeah, that's because it is. <laughs> I recently wrote, this is a good opportunity to, pr- to promote my website. Right. <laughs> no. Anyway, so I, you know, I recently removed my newsletter away from Substack and now I just write everything on my website, but I wrote this thing called how does art, has the art of tomorrow lost its soul? And I coined this term zombie form zombie futurism, which is a take on zombie formalism, um, where zombie futurism is like using technology for the sake of using technology. Mm-hmm. I have done this. I look at some of my art and I don't connect with it. Mm. On, a, on a soul level and it's clear i was only experimenting with the tech itself right um i think that is unique a unique quirk of that element of that art anyway mm-hmm. because it's soulless doesn't mean it's good or bad i'm not like you know i let other people decide that but i think the same is true here i think the medium is soulless and and that's an interesting quirk of it how do we derive and where i'm going with this is how do we move away from and get get ai art to have the soul you're looking for is it is it do we use it as a tool right do we have to start thinking about ai art ai as the tool it is to deliver something that is meaningful mm-hmm. an output that is meaningful and connects with the viewer connects with the creator um, I think that's where we're we're heading towards. But we're in this weird See, phase. It's, it's a struggle because I can't find the words to describe what it is exactly that's lacking. Because, you know, the analog would be, oh, look at photography. Look at people using cameras. And how when that was kind of a new means of expression, it wasn't even seen as a form of art whatsoever. Um, mm-hmm. But over the course of time, it has developed into an artistic medium. Um, and what separates that really from AI? Or is it not just another tool? You know what I mean? So that's where it's problematic for me because you can make a lot of those same arguments. Yeah. 
what I struggle with is the is the is the people we'll say people um, the people who put in a prompt and then mint it on I'm going to pick on zero one here because it's you know, like 99% AI art <laughs> it's not even good AI art you have to like what 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 I think zero one is teaching me <laughs> is how to curate what I find in quality art mm-hmm. amongst amongst sometimes what's not right and that's okay i'm not judging people who are minting to get the 10 credits so they could collect art do that like that's what the the platform allows you to do yep um but it is teaching me to look for something more special and well and that brings me back to an an old argument is you know what gas prices are a good thing because when there's virtually no cost to minting stuff People just mint way too damn much. Like there's yeah. just too much. You can't filter through it all. It's all you know, noise. I want to judge. I want to judge Kevin. I love Kevin Abosh, mm-hmm. but let's judge. Let's judge him in this context too. When by let's judge, I mean let Eric judge. And I do this out of love, Kevin and Claire. Um, pure love, pure, pure, uh, wanting for the medium to grow beyond what it is today. Mm-hmm. I look at Corporeal and I look. At Kevin's drop on on ordinals, and it misses that for me. Hmm. You know, it, it misses the soul aspect. I don't connect with the story of Corporal Real um, the way maybe some other people do. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. I mean, yeah, there clearly yeah. are. People I also don't connect. It, I mean, it's sold out, right? Yeah, it did. And a lot of people, a lot of people. Let's, but let's be honest. People, some people are buying it to flip it too. Sure, of course. And and again, flippers, an intricate part of the system, very important part of the system because they help raise the floor. Yep. Um, but like when I look at some of Kevin's work, I'm like, oof, touches me right in the heart. And then I looked at this TV drop, you know, TV head drop on on ordinals. I'm like, eh, didn't didn't connect with me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Was a little soulless, maybe not for him. It's funny because it I so, have a TV so head funny. I made on Mid Journey like months ago. Me too. And it could practically fit does. right in with the collection. I was like, "What?" <laughs> it looks like, like it felt like, I don't know. Like I did it on Mid Journey, just with relatively little prompting. Yeah. I, so then you, you go, know, "Hmm." Well, I think the storytelling is what is going to drive some of these. What's a word we could use to like describe when it's almost all? prompt engineered output and then the story is told around the prompt right like what what, i don't know but i think that's what i think some people will be really successful in telling stories around these prompts Mm -hmm. and then other people aren't um i'm not really great at that and i'd admit that right i've tried i've tried really hard to to tell stories like I have, there are there. I have a collection. I have many collections that I created and stories with AI art that I've never released. Mm-hmm. I had one with uh, Mickey Mouse. I had one with, you know, you know how Rare Pass has their, has their, you know, remember Rare Pass on Super Rare, where you can get, you get that pass and then you get like, you know, it's it's like a subscription that you get drops from artists like. Oh X-Copy yes, I know what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah, so I created a 
parody series called Rare Rare Potatoes, you know, Genesis, whatever. And it was just potato shaped gems. And I was like, I could drop this, but the story's not there. And that's mm. this is when I began to transition and really think about and play with this idea of I, it needs to connect with me now. Like mm-hmm. I played with the tech, it's interesting. Now it needs to advance for me. Mm-hmm. I think you're feeling some of that. If I'm, if I could, like, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. part of the questioning that we're talking about here is you're feeling that too. It's like, okay, great. Prompts. I guess part of it for me is yeah. when you see artwork that's very intricate and you can tell it took a great deal of time and effort to achieve yeah. that intricacy, mm-hmm. you can appreciate the human effort of say like a Surratt where it's just pointless. And like, you think about the time and effort and the precision that went into that work. Yeah. And that's not an accomplishment with AI whatsoever. Yeah. Well, you can have extreme intricacy with very little effort. And the only thing I would caution there is the, there is a bit of a like low effort fallacy element. 100% 100% there absolutely is. And that's yeah. why I struggle with it because yeah. I, I want to be, I want to be intrigued by it. I want to be like emotionally connected to it, mm-hmm. but it's not happening for me. Uh, what Not the low effort, sunk cost fallacy. Like you look at a Surratt and you're like, dude spent years. Right. Thousands of hours right, yeah. on these. And then we're like, we just prompted to the book, right? <laughs> like, I get that. <laughs> I'm saying there's some that. art that the intricacy is what's impressive about it. That's obviously not the case for all art. Yeah, right? and it's not. I don't think it's supposed to be right. Like, right. No. Yeah. It doesn't have to be high effort. I'm just saying when you yeah. do get an AI art piece that is highly intricate, people still tend to be impressed with the intricacy. But there was no feat in resulting in intricacy. Right. Do you know so see what I'm sort saying? Of, I do. I do. And I think that's sort of like. that's that's the bridge that has to be gapped hmm. you have you have the people who are looking at AI artwork realize it's ai but have not made the connection um that that it didn't really take much effort right what's the story beyond the physical is there a story beyond the physical what mm-hmm. is is the art itself actually the like in Claire's case, is the art itself, not the work, but the story being told by all the works. And you get to own a piece of that story, which mm-hmm. is what I think Claire did well with Corporeal and does well with a lot of her AI work and why she's really successful and why other other artists aren't. It's because right. there isn't this, you're not buying a piece of a story because you're not telling a story. And I don't mean you, but I mean like an artist who maybe doesn't have this collection framed really well right um you're not buying that store you're buying like this art you think is really cool looking okay mm-hmm. that's cool too you know but i want more i want more from the art yeah and again don't take it the wrong way like i'm not dumping on this art at all i'm just you're I'm totally dumping on it i'm wanting to get a connection from it i just don't have it like yeah yeah so. and that's okay i think there are people out there that are starting to feel I mean, it's clear we had what I love about our, our conversation here today and and why this is so impressive for me, like this this discussion is we both came to this discussion not realizing we were both thinking about this. 
Hmm. You talked about, I want to talk about AIR, you know, and I was like, oh, shit, I've been thinking about this, too. Like, so it's clear to me that if we're also thinking about it, some of the people here that are listening to us also having the same struggles. And maybe we're not, because we're not dumping on, but what we are doing is having the discussion about what it means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a tricky one because, you know, obviously if you go back to like, say, prepared art or ready-made works or whatever, you know, there's similarities and themes there too, totally. right? Yeah, well, that's like trash art was built on the idea of like low effort. Yeah. Who who are you like in crude terms, who are you to decide what is and isn't art? Right. Yeah. That's what that's what trash art is born out of. Mm-hmm. At its most basic element. Yeah. Who are you, whoever you is, to decide? So I when when I have this discussion, when we have this discussion, we come from that aspect yeah. in mind. Yeah. You know. We're we're both like OG trash art, like you wrote about it. You were the first to put it on the map, right? And I was part of the growth of it. Like, so we have like there's there's a contextual element to this discussion that we're having that's historically valid and like we have this perspective. So we're not shitting on like low effort. Yeah. We're talking about connection. What yeah. happened with trash art was it connected. It did. The story connected. There was a movement. Corporal there was a story. connects for people. Um, maybe it doesn't for others. Trash art didn't connect for everybody. Right. You know? Um, so, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, if there's an answer. But I like that. I like that we have this platform to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and maybe some listeners can give their, their opinions. Yeah, or just yell at me. <laughs> I could take it. Let's go on to our block sequence here. <laughs> You've been blocked. Very nice. Yeah, still haven't solved the keyboard cue problem, so we're relying on Eric's fine voice acting. Oh my god, awful. Yeah. So uh, you'll yeah. know who, who before we get today, into that. Eric? Before we get into that, you'll know we'll made it when uh, when eclectic method starts to make a remix of <laughs> "You've been blocked." That would be something. A proud moment. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'll go first. Sure. Since since mine's not secret and we let it out at the beginning. There's a lot of drama recently about, about uh, and this is, what I like about this drama is that it spans chains. Mm. Um, dog with hat is a meme. It is a meme coin on Solana. Whiff, dollar sign Whiff, W I F, and there has been a, and they've been using the word fork, and I don't think it's correct in terminology, but this is their terminology, and I mean the people that are like you know battling it out. Um, they call the Ethereum version a fork, which I'm okay. like, that doesn't like logically that doesn't make sense. They call the Ethereum version, which is dollar sign dog with hat instead of just with um is a fork by the original creator this is my block <clears throat> there's this dude Issa, who i think is a streamer on twitch uh-huh. who went on record to say that he was the creator of the dog with hat 
with hat meme, even though he didn't take the photo of the dog with hat meme. And as the creator, he minted this fork on the Ethereum chain. And the dude's got like 500,000 followers. So clearly people were like, you know, um, following him. And But it ended up being, I, I believe it ended up being a bit of a scam. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's just and a so, knockoff dog with hat on ETH. Yeah. By some dude who claimed that he was the creator of a meme. Now I have created a meme coin before. I have been part of extending a meme, the potato. Right. I was not the fucking creator of the meme. Like, I would never, it, like, no. There's only one person I know in this world who could be the creator of a meme, and 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 there's legit claim to it, and that is Nyan Cat Chris, mm. right? He's the only person I could point to where his art is actually the creator, and his art is used as an example and is the creator of the actual meme. Right. Everybody else was just sort of like expanding on ideas. I don't know sure. anybody else who can claim that other than Chris. Right? Nyan Cat. What's his what's his I don't remember. I don't remember his handle. Um and I call him Chris because not because we're friends, but that's what his Twitter handle says. Uh, we're friendly, but we're not like, you know, buddies. Um anyway, so the blocked here though is Issa. And I gotta do the <laughs> You've been blocked because I legit blocked this motherfucker. Wow. Um, yeah, because I just like. Well, I mean, I guess he's cashing in, you know. Yeah, uh, he is. And that's why I blocked him. Okay, so what's the scam, though, exactly? I mean, he's making a token. People are buying it. He's making money off of it. I mean, is that in and of itself a scam? No, I use the word scam here lightly. Okay. Yeah, I use it as um, in the general context of the way we would say somebody is a scammer in the space that's where i have a bit of an issue with this with people being critical of tokens it's like okay if you're selling let's call it snake oil and you say oh this cures baldness or this you know cures the common cold yeah yeah all right that's a scam but if you're like this is snake oil <laughs> i am selling you snake oil do you want to buy it and people say yes that to me is not a scam that's fair yeah 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 so maybe maybe i i don't use okay i'll walk this back he is not a scammer in the traditional sense right um but i do think he is the a legit money grabbing oh and yeah that's his right to do unquestionably that's his right to do sure and people bought into it that's their right to do and i'm judging all of you for doing it is there any think... false pretense there i guess the false pretense would be he's the originator of this meme which he was claiming he was yeah, and may, you know, other people jumped on board and said that he was, and I don't know, maybe he was. I have no idea. I didn't care to look because I just thought, like, the the this is first mentality or I mm -hmm. am first mentality. I hate that. Mm -hmm. Like the first ten thousand, you know, PFPs on Ethereum that were minted in a single token and. There are lots of things I could be first at if I make the sentence long enough. If you make it really precise, yeah. 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 Anyway, so Issa, you legit, out of all the others, have not blocked. I legit blocked you. You've been blocked. Nice. <laughs> You've been blocked. <laughs> okay, so my block is kind of a weird one today. I've been struggling lately on X, formerly known as Twitter, with 
whether to go following the for you tab or the following tab. And I struggled with the two because I find the for you tab, I don't know why. Um, I get a lot of negativity in that thread, in that tab. Like I get a lot of just hostile conversations, paranoid statements, negativity. And so then I flip over to following and that tends to be more like, oh, these are artists I'm following, right? Uh, more so. And so I'll stay in there. But then there's times where in the following tab, I'm like, oh, I don't really feel like I know what's going on because it doesn't drop, you know, news or um, interesting things going on as much as the For You tab does. And yeah. so I want to block Twitter's thread algorithm. I just find it's the stupid algo. It still doesn't <laughs> work well. I, you know, like, can I block the For You tab? I don't know. Sure. <laughs> It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. So just like that, I don't know what it is that's been blocked, but Twitter's algorithm for for you and following is terrible. It doesn't work. It has to be completely revamped. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Let's block it. <laughs> You've been blocked. Do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, you used to work yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. Um, well, we didn't have the for you page. No, if I if I remember, I think they lifted um, that from TikTok or something. Totally. And what TikTok did really well was not make you realize that it was using the algorithm to feed things to you. Right. What Twitter unfortunately does is give you the option for them. I mean, unfortunate for them, give you the option to compare easily the for you page and the following page, and then all of your lists, right? Because if you're using a desktop, all your lists are up top as well. Um, yeah, I think they're still trying to figure it out. The algorithm has always been an issue. It just doesn't work the way it is right now. Well, if you knew, and I, I don't mean this as like I've seen the code, but I've, I've, I've talked to, when I was working there, I talked to engineers on the back end. It is so patched together with legacy. <laughs> like it's like awful. Retrofitting everything. Yeah, it's it's an the entire stack that Twitter is built on is just interconnected legacy code that kind of works with it. So okay. And like, you know, it would what do they call it? Tech debt, right? I think this is the term they use. Um hmm. elaborate. You know what? I don't want to sound... I should know what this means. We're going to look it up because I want to be accurate. This is what we do in the show. Yeah. While you're looking that up, I just have to admit, like, I'll hear from people. I'll say, which tab is better? And people will be, oh, oh, definitely the following tab is better. And it's like, I don't know, though. I feel like I'm missing stuff when I'm just in the following tab. Yeah. So tech debt, the cost of future reworking required when choosing an easy but limited solution instead of a better approach that could take more time. Okay. Okay. So, so lacking the effort to lay the groundwork properly. Right. Which, I mean, Twitter was built on like Jack's, you know, idea of just mm -hmm. texting and then storing it on, on the, you know, having it be public basically. Yeah. Um, that's what it was. When I first joined this, my account says 2011, but I had and lost an original account from like two, 2007 or 2008. Mm. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but who can I imagine lost... Twitter at the time? Nobody could imagine it, it would have the were... social impact that it's had. No, we were. I was texting my tweets yeah. to four oh four oh four. Like that's what I was doing. You know. Um, so anyway, the the four my my thoughts on this. I like the for you page because um, I get to see the drama unfold. But what I have done is I have strategically over the last year unfollowed a lot of shitty accounts. That's probably what I need to do. Yeah. And by so you're saying accounts, it's my fault. No. <laughs> I'm no. just trying to be, you know, combative here. <laughs> I'm not going to blame you, but yeah, it's your fault. Um, no, but seriously, the, it's like I, I unfollowed people. I unfollowed. We talked about this. I had followed DZ. I unfollowed Farouk. I unfollowed all these guys who like push, like their whole goal is to mostly, not people, people I follow because just, I don't, whatever. Um, he doesn't add value. He never added value to me as like a, a resource uh -huh. source. So I unfollowed him. But most of the other influencers I unfollowed because it's like, they're just pumping the same stuff. And I'm, yeah. I want more interesting conversation. And so by right. unfollowing all of these all these people um my for you page got significantly more interesting okay so curate who you're following go through trim yeah. down the fat and i'll have a better experience is that your advice and, yeah but I, i've i used to say oh but use lists right mm. and lists is in my opinion now such a failed feature that could be so successful see i stick to mobile so I don't really yeah, use you it could at all. get lists on mobile too. You can. It's just not as accessible. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Honestly, but I've like, never used it. When you're when you're following people, you're creating a list of people you want to follow. Yeah, yeah. Creating an ideals, you know, by yeah. you know, the general anyway. So I don't know. Anyway, there you go. Yeah. That's my rant. I That's mean, what, yeah. <laughs> you made it. You made a lot of good points. Did I? I don't know. I just I mumbled. <laughs> You've been blocked, Liss. No. For you, Paige. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you. Well, thanks, Eric. That's yeah, good. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Lots of interesting stuff. Yeah. Hopefully we we uh we touched on everything that I said we would touch on in the beginning. Sometimes mm -hmm. I forget stuff. Oh, and ETFs, by the way, for the first time, outflows from Grayscale were actually outpaced by in by uh, BlackRock and uh, Fidelity, I believe. Oh, outflows so, in Fidelity? Well, like from Fidelity? it finally came to a point where BlackRock and Fidelity are actually at least par and I think a little bit above grayscale mm. in terms of activity. Yeah. Well, it, you know, seeing FTX sell... I think it was a billion dollars. A buttload in like a yeah. couple of days. Yeah, that's what. That's why we saw the pr price. I think part of what the price suppression on, um, not intentional, but I just call it like market based price suppression on Bitcoin was there was all this sell pressure. Yep. Because they were selling billions of dollars of this, you know, the thing. Anyway, we talked about this. Yep. Go check. Go check some of our older episodes if you want to hear about our discussions on yeah, ATF. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and one last thing, the Craig Wright uh, COPA trial. Oh, I, I'm not going to say his name. I just did. Oh, fake Toshi? The fake Toshi trial with COPA. That starts this uh, this week. 
oh good we'll have more to talk about yeah should be entertaining yeah i don't know if he'll show up um he's egotistical so i could see him showing up i could see him finding excuses not to show up we'll see we'll see tune in to episode seven to find out if Craig Wright (laughs) showed up at the fake toshi copa trial yeah be exciting Right on. Thanks again, uh, Eric, for the chat and have an awesome day. You too.